and welcome to the Confusion to Clarity podcast. This podcast is for anybody who needs that reminder that they really are capable of achieving amazing things. Each week, we will be diving deep into all things mindset, manifestation, and spirituality. Hosted by me, Natalie, a clinical hypnotherapist, psychotherapist, coach, mum, and lover of all things mindset and manifestation. When listening, I want to give you a break from reality. I'm going to share with you the tools and techniques that you need to make your goals reality so you can stop playing small. Hello and welcome back. I hope you've all had a great week. It feels for me like another week that has just passed in a blur. And I had another child off this week, although this time not through illness, it was an inset day, but that is, I think, every week since they've gone back from Christmas that one of them has had time off in a week. And then this coming week, my eldest has an inset day, we then have half term, and then my son has an inset day the week they go back. However, I do actually quite like the inset days because they have different ones. I do try and take the day off and spend it with them and have some quality one-on-one time, which is really, really nice actually. So not complaining about that. But it does just feel like I'm constantly juggling my week around work and childcare. But I'm sure many of you listening can completely relate to that. So that kind of leads me on into this week's topic, loosely. um, And that is about sleep. Because when you're juggling lots of different things and you're trying to fit everything in that you need to do, sleep can often take a back seat. Now I have spoken about sleep in previous episodes but it's never had an episode of its own. And it really is such an important topic. Now I know I spoke about it last week and I shared that it is one of my biggest triggers for feeling anxious. So if I haven't had enough sleep it is one thing that I know will definitely set those anxious feelings off within me. So this is why I thought I'm going to do a whole episode purely on sleep, highlighting the importance and just giving you some reminders, things that you can put in place to really make sure that you are getting your sleep back on track. So why is sleep important? So sleep is vital for our physical and our mental health. And I think I've said this before, obviously we prioritise it for our children, but we don't for ourselves. Like we know we should be going to bed earlier, but often that doesn't deter us and we do find ourselves going to bed late or having really bad sleep habits. I mean, how many of us can actually say they wake up in the morning feeling fully refreshed and ready to go? If you woke up in the morning and you picked up your phone and you noticed that it hadn't charged and you look at it and it's on 20%, you know that phone isn't going to last all day, you know at some point you're going to need to plug it in and charge it. And it's the same for us, but obviously it's not as easy for us to stop midday and recharge. You know, not many of us can stop and have a nap in the middle of the day. Um, You know, so that's when we often then use things like caffeine, sugar, fast food to give us that energy boost to see us through the day. When clients come to work with me, looking at their sleep patterns and habits is actually one of the first things I do and it doesn't matter what somebody is coming to me for I will still look at their sleep habits and patterns because it really does impact us in so many different ways. Now there are many different phases of sleep but the two that I talk about with my clients are firstly when our body is healing and rejuvenating so essentially our beauty sleep 
and secondly our REM sleep. Now REM stands for rapid eye movement and this is when we're dreaming. So when we dream it's not just something fun that we do to pass the night away. Our brains are deep cleaning, they're storing core memories and they're releasing things that no longer serve us or need to be there. So anybody listening who has worked with me in the past will know all about the stress bucket. And if you haven't worked with me, then I'm going to go through it now. So obviously we don't have a bucket in our brain, it is metaphorical. But I think it's a really good way to remember why sleep is so important. During the day, all of our trials and tribulations that we face are stored in our stress bucket. So when we go to sleep at night, as I mentioned, during our REM cycles, when we're dreaming, what we actually start to do is begin the process of emptying out this stress bucket. So when we dream, we either dream um, as something might have happened, you know, you might replay an event that you experienced, or it could be one of those crazy metaphorical dreams that make no sense, and you're walking around Tesco's naked, that kind of dream. Now, If we're only putting the bare minimum in our stress bucket, then you have time every night to clear it out. And you'll notice that your sleep is effective and your stress bucket is emptying properly if you wake in the morning and you feel refreshed and you feel ready to tackle the day. Now, most of us live in very fast paced lives. We're dealing with lots of different stresses and it can become very easy to overload our stress buckets. We pile loads and loads of things into that stress bucket, but then what we find is when we go to sleep, we don't actually have enough time to clear it out fully because we can only go through up to five cycles of REM per night. So if your stress bucket is super full, you'll go through those five cycles, but it's not enough to clear it out. So what you'll then notice is waking up in the middle of the night, and that's often why you wake uh, you know, in the night around three o'clock in the morning, open your eyes, your mind's racing, and you can't go back to sleep. Or for some people, what they might find is they wake up in the morning feeling so exhausted, like you just can't lift your head off the pillow. And the problem is, if you are putting too much into your stress bucket, you're not emptying it properly. When you wake up in the morning, there's already things in that stress bucket from the day before the day before that. So when you start the next day, already there isn't as much capacity to hold all the things that you are going to experience. So side note here, this is why it is so important to be thinking about how you want to be and how you want to feel. Because when you're thinking in that way, you actually reduce the amount you're putting into that stress bucket. So the things that are in there are things that are unavoidable. Um, But if you're living in a very stressful situation, really fast paced, you're piling more and more things into that stress bucket. Like I said, it's already got things in there from the day before. And like any bucket, it can only hold a certain capacity before it's going to overflow. Now, if that stress bucket overflows, like I've said, you're going to notice yourself waking up in the night or during the day, you're going to notice feeling totally overwhelmed. That might result in you feeling really emotional or short tempered and just generally feeling like you're not coping in the way that you know you normally can or do. So what we really need to be focusing on is getting that good quality sleep. We need to be focusing our mind on how we want to be and how we want to feel, really implementing all those mindfulness techniques so that you're only putting, like I said, the bare minimum into that stress bucket and you're maximizing the opportunity to clear it out effectively every single night. So these are my top tips to maximize your sleep efficiency and keep that stress bucket as empty as you possibly can. 
So the first thing is to work out how much sleep you actually need. And this can vary from person to person. So the kind of standard amount they say is eight hours, but that's not necessarily the right amount for everybody. So I would say kind of experiment with it and just look and see how you function, how you feel with different quantities. So I know, for example, sometimes I'll kind of force myself to go to bed super early and maybe get like nine hours sleep. But I know for me, that's way too much. Like eight hours is my kind of like amount that suits me the best. But some people can function on seven hours. I think if you start going under that, that seems a little bit too short. But again, see what works for you and adjust it accordingly. I think it's also a good idea to here to look at what time you get up in the morning um, and sort of keep that to a routine. So going to bed at a certain time, getting up at a certain time. We like routines, we like habits. So having that set time that you go to bed, that set time that you wake up, your body gets into that routine, it knows what to expect. And then especially if you're getting the right amount of sleep, it just helps you to feel like you can tackle the world and anything that's coming your way. Next point is avoid hitting the snooze button. Now I know it's so easy to do this, especially with the dark mornings, but this kind of goes back to the previous point. If you are getting the right quality, the right quantity of sleep for you, when your alarm goes off the first time, you should feel ready to get up at that point. So if you are hitting snooze, the problem here is you drop back off to sleep. When you go back off to sleep, you then start to go through another one of your sleep cycles. Sleep cycles take around 90 minutes to complete. So the problem with hitting snooze is you've gone back to sleep, you've started to go through a sleep cycle, but then within 10 minutes, the alarm is going to go back off again. So when it goes off, you feel even more tired than when it first went off. You're more likely to hit the snooze button again and so on and so forth until you have to absolutely get up and you feel you know, exhausted, tired. And also then it becomes habitual as well. If you did it the previous day, you're gonna be, your brain's gonna be encouraging you to do it again the next day and it just forms a really bad habit. So again, like I said, it's really about looking at getting that right quality quantity of sleep for you so when your alarm goes off you can get up um i know kind of getting up is hard in the mornings and i do struggle with it myself one technique i do use is the mel robbins five second rule i don't know if any of you have heard of mel robbins if you've read her books i think i've spoken about her on the podcast before but she has the five second rule where you count from five down to zero so you count from five to zero and then on zero you move so I kind of do that in the morning, I turn my alarm off and then I still, I know I can't close my eyes again because if I fall back to sleep, um, there's no further alarms. And I count from five to zero and then it's like up. So maybe that's something you can try too. It does take effort, I'm not gonna lie, especially when it's cold and dark in the winter. Um, but again, it's all about building these positive habits. The next thing to be mindful of is reverse bedtime procrastination. Now, this is a phrase I only recently learnt, um, and it's about kind of clawing back that time at the end of the day. So if you had a really busy day, you've not taken time for yourself, when you go to bed or get into bed, you know you should be going to sleep, but the urge to maybe like scroll through your phone, just takes over and wins and you find yourself sitting there scrolling through your phone essentially procrastinating going to bed now intellectually you know you're going to pay the price for this the next day 
But at that point, it's almost like it's the only time of day where nobody wants me, where nobody is requiring anything from me. I don't need to be anywhere. I can just do. I can just do what I want to do. Often it's quiet in the house, and you just kind of reassure yourself, like, "Oh, it's fine. You know, I've been so busy all day. It's only going to be ten minutes, but it's never ten minutes, is it? Let's face it." And you find yourself scrolling half an hour, an hour's gone past, you've gone to bed late, and then in turn, as I've explained already, that is going to affect you the next day. If you are resonating with this reverse bedtime procrastination, it's really about finding time during the day to kind of carve out some time for yourself to just stop and, you know, and maybe go through your phone or do something that just gives you a bit of you time. Because like I always say, habits are created through repetition. So if each night you're getting into bed, you're picking up your phone, you're scrolling through it, you're avoiding going to bed because it's the only time you've had to yourself all day, that's going to become a really bad habit, which is obviously then going to have a knock-on effect on how you think, how you feel the following day. Complete your skincare routines earlier in the evening. This is something that I've started doing myself, well, on the nights that I'm not working, because obviously... My clients don't want to see me about makeup on. Um, but it might sound really obvious, but it does make a massive difference. So if you are tired and then you're going out to bed and you're starting doing like skincare routines and things, you're going to be pushing that bedtime back later. By doing these things earlier in the evening, when you go to bed, it's always a nice feeling, oh, it's done, I've not got to do it. But it does mean then you're going to find it easier, quicker to get into bed. And then also linking into this one is brushing your teeth. So once you've finished eating, go and brush your teeth. So again, it's one less thing that you are having to do at bedtime, which is keeping you out of bed, giving giving you more things to think about and the possibility of obviously making that bedtime later. This is always a really good tip as well um, that comes up a lot with my weight management clients. So I work a lot with clients who are looking to manage their weight. Um, Brushing your teeth in the evening earlier stops any snacking because once you've brushed your teeth, you're going to think, well, I'm not going to eat anything now because my teeth are clean. So this can be a really good deterrent if you are somebody who likes to snack in the evenings and are maybe trying to reduce reduce that or stop it. So by brushing your teeth, again, not only is it going to help you get to bed quicker, but if you are looking to stop snacking in the evening, this is quite a good little hack as well. Look at what time you're eating. Now it's a joke with anybody who knows me that we eat really early. Um, I think I have mentioned this before in a previous episode. Um, But my kids do a lot of sport in the evenings after school. So we do have dinner early because they need to eat and let it digest before they go out and run and play football. Um, And I've always eaten early. And also I work a few evenings a week seeing clients. So I have to eat early. Um, Although everybody takes a mickey out of me for it. Um, but it can really impact our sleep if we are eating later because your body needs to digest the food that you are consuming. So if you are eating your dinner half eight, nine o'clock at night, and then going to bed at 10, your body hasn't had enough time to digest that food. Um, I had a client come to me before who was struggling with sleep and she sort of said, you know, I can't think of anything obvious as to why I'm really kind of struggling with it when we looked at her routine she was eating her dinner at half past nine and then going to bed kind of like quarter past half past ten 
So food is a fuel source. When we eat, obviously it's given our body energy, our bodies want to, you know, exert that energy. So if you're eating a meal and then going, oh, actually, no, we're going to go straight to bed, again, it's going to really impact you falling asleep and again, staying asleep. So if you can eat a bit earlier, obviously it's not always easy with work and other commitments, but just be mindful um, of what you're eating and when you're eating it. One of my previous clients actually, what she decided to do, um, and it worked for her schedule, was she moved her meals around. So she would have her bigger meal at lunchtime and then something lighter in the evening so that it gave her more time for that to kind of digest and it wasn't such a big meal before she went to sleep and that helped her improve her sleep. So maybe that's something that might work for you as well. And I think it's all these little things, it's experimenting with them, seeing what works for you, we're all different. Distance yourself from your phone. Now I know this is an obvious one, we all know this, but we're all so guilty of being addicted to our phones, particularly of, of an evening. And again, this goes back to the reverse bedtime procrastination, but the blue lights from your phone stimulate your eyes. It just doesn't create a good headspace to go to sleep. And I think I'm covering this in one, in one of the later points, but I'm going to say it again now. When you are getting ready to go to bed, that half an hour before bed, and as you're dropping off to sleep, your brain is starting to unwind, you're heading into that more subconscious state. So your brain is more receptive to the information that you are subjecting it to. So again, if you're on your phone, particularly social media, and you're watching just total nonsense, that is going into your mind, that is what's being kind of stored in there. So the things that you watch, that you listen to, again, are going to really impact how you fall asleep, how you stay asleep. Um, I had another client who was saying that she kept having the recurring nightmares. And when we were talking about it, I said, okay, well, like, what are you doing before you go to bed? She's like, oh, you know, I'm just watching Netflix. I was like, okay, what are you watching? And she was watching like these true crime murder um, programs. And I was like, hmm, it's probably not the most <laughs> conducive to a good night's sleep watching something that's terrifying you. Um, a bit like if anybody was younger and used to watch Crime Watch, why were we allowed to watch that as kids? No wonder we'll end up with anxiety. Um, so yeah, think about not just like your phones, but also what you are consuming content-wise as well. Look at the environment that you are sleeping in. So create a space that your mind associates with sleep. This was a big thing for so many of my clients during lockdown, because during lockdown, obviously, everybody was working from home. Not everybody had, you know, kind of separate spaces in their home to work from. So a lot of my clients found their bedroom was doubling up as a workspace. So you want something that your mind is associating with sleep. So if you can, overhaul the space. Make sure that it is clean and clear. Maybe go through and do a big declutter. Your physical space will impact your mental space. So if you have that big physical declutter, you're going to notice your mind feels calmer and less cluttered too. I'm not saying go out and spend loads of money, but invest in maybe some new bedding that you know looks inviting that feels comfortable that makes you feel relaxed when you get into bed look at your curtains are they letting light in obviously not so much of a problem in february but you know is it making the room feel cozy is it keeping it dark do you need a blackout blind and if you are having to work from your bedroom if you can try and kind of 
keep the spaces separate. So for example, during lockdown, some of my clients would, you know, put their laptops away so they couldn't see them on the desk or, um, you know, they'd kind of tidy it away or find a kind of find, find a way to make it like face away from the bed just so that there was kind of a different zone so you weren't kind of in that room and your mind's kind of confused with work and busyness and then you're kind of also trying to cultivate a space that's relaxing and sleep inducing too. Now I've definitely spoken about this point before but that is to carry out a bedtime routine. Again habits are created through repetition, our mind likes to associate routines with habits and you can stack your habits together. So carrying out a good bedtime routine is a brilliant way to ensure that you are relaxing, unwinding effectively, and are gonna maximize that quality of sleep and obviously the speed in which you fall asleep. So if you have had a busy day doing things like brain dumping before bed is a great way to unwind. So I know I've spoken about brain dumping before, but just in case, nobody's listened to previous episodes. Brain dumping is where you take a piece of paper and a pen and you write out everything that is on your mind. It is not a to-do list. It is literally a process of decluttering your mind with all the thoughts that are flowing around in it. So you just write everything down, big, small, really trivial, whatever you need to do the next day, just scribble it down. And you will notice when you've done that, your mind does feel lighter and calmer. Meditations are great before bed. Um, You could do some scripting and journaling. So again, like I spoke about before, that time when you're kind of at the half hour before you're going to sleep, your brain is in a really receptive state. So rather than consuming nonsense on social media, it's a great time to focus on, you know, something that you're trying to maybe manifest into your life. So scripting, writing out, you know, how you want things to be, visualizing your goal, journaling, just kind of thinking about the day positively, doing some gratitude practice. All these things are a great way of keeping you in that positive headspace, thinking positively, which again is going to help you get off to sleep in a more effective way. But then also as you're falling asleep, it's a really good idea to listen to either a guided meditation or a sleep audio. Um, or maybe like a subliminal audio um, or affirmations. Um, Again, going back to what I was just saying, your mind being open and receptive at that point. Um, I'll put a link below. So if anybody wants to download my sleep meditation, um, I have a free download you can access. Um, And my sleep audio is just very generic. It just is filled with lots of positive suggestions. So it's a great way to unwind your mind before sleep. I listen to a guided meditation myself every single night obviously not my own because I can't bear my own voice Um, but I listen to I've got a couple that I've downloaded or I listen to subliminal audios I do listen to my subliminal audios so if anybody hasn't heard those um, I'll link the episodes down below there's two episodes there's the lucky girl syndrome episode of the podcast and also the self-love episode both of those have two um, subliminal audios that you can access and listen to Um, And with the subliminal audios, you don't hear the spoken word. Um, It's just the music. And then all the positive suggestions are absorbed by your subconscious. So anything like that while you're going to sleep is a brilliant way to reprogram your subconscious mind and keep you in that positive space. And finally, 
just to recap on all those points, the really key thing here is to make this a habit. Habits are created through repetition. So if you have got into some bad habits with sleep, that's okay. We're human, we make mistakes. But now maybe as a reminder to start getting things back on track. So just one or two little things at a time that are gonna help remind you to get to bed at a good time and start to unwind in that productive way so you are maximizing the quality of your sleep. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. I actually feel really tired now myself talking about sleep. Um, So if you enjoyed this episode and you haven't already, please could I ask you to leave a review. It's so helpful in getting the podcast out to lots of different people. And if you have enjoyed it, please feel free to share it with somebody else who you feel may enjoy it too. If you want to connect with me, all my details are linked below. So I hope you have an amazing week and I will speak to you again very soon.